You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated restricted for anyone listening under the age of 17. Frequent or prolonged examples of adult situations, violence, or coarse language may apply. Ooh, this should be good! Hello, and welcome back to the Apostle Hour. I am your host, Leonard Vizelsniks. I will be answering all of your questions about the Bible, spirituality, religion, God, all that kind of stuff. But first, I'd like to introduce you to my musical director, Pastor Chester Ermine. Hello, folks at home. Hello, Leonard. I hope you had a very good weekend there, Pastor. And I hope you have some very nice music to start the show off for us this week. Well, this week, Leonard, I thought I'd start things off with a traditional hymn. Oh? A hymn to rock and roll! Woohoo! Hit it! Leonard, you uh, fell asleep on your keyboard again. Oh, I was having the nicest dream. Really? You sounded like you were being attacked by some kind of animal. I was. The animal of Total Rock. What? Well, anyway, listen, Leonard, the show's on in about five minutes. You should get your mm. stuff ready there. Just, right. just kind of get right. it over. Just get my music on the keyboard right. stand. Well, we just have to get this. Uh, looks like we got a commercial break coming up, and we'll get right on it. Hey, Dad, is Mom ready yet? Any second now, honey. You know, Mother's Day is right around the corner. This year, why not consider giving the mother in your life a gift she'll never forget? All right, here she comes. Make sure to get the camera ready. Okay, Dad, smile, Mom! Oh, those are going to look great in the family album, dear. Luge. It's the gift that says, don't say you didn't ask for it. Okay, honey, get ready. Here she comes again. Lean into the curve, Mom. Yeah, yeah honey, come on. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Oh, that's going to bruise. For more information, call Peter Steenway's All Year Luge Corral. And welcome back to the Apostle Hour. I'm your host, Chester Ermine, along with my strangely despondent keyboard player, Leonard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, my guest this afternoon is uh, Pastor Havrel Lemongrass of the Christians for Responsible Earth campaign. Oh, good to be here, Pastor. Uh, yes, why don't you tell us what you're all about? Well, Pastor, it's an organization that I founded last year. Uh, It was designed primarily to dispel the notion that somehow evangelical Christians are socially, environmentally, and, well, let's say technologically ignorant of things. Uh, Havrel, that's not the microphone. The microphone's over here. Is it? Oh, sorry. There we are. Well, I think the most important thing to remember, though, is that we've gotten a very bad rap on the environmental front. I think a lot of people automatically assume that if you're an evangelical Christian that you just don't care about the environment. And our organization is designed primarily to kind of show that we are, in fact, deep carers for the environment. I, you know, that's very true, Havrel. I have noticed that the evangelical Christian community has gotten, a, and very possibly a deservedly bad rap for our environmental concerns. Well, you know, the Bible does tell us that we are supposed to be good stewards of God's creation, and that's what we plan to do with the help of this organization. Mm, yeah. Fantastic. Yes, yes, it is. Um, well... Well, what? Well, what specifically are you going to do to be good stewards of God's holy creation? Oh, you know, environmental stuff. 
Oh, I was hoping for something slightly more specific than that. Well, uh, ooh, um, uh, recycling, hydrogen cars, conservation, oof. clean air, clean water, anything like that. Oh, those are all sound really good ideas. Here, let me write those down. I guess I'll just put. Uh, what's that first one? Was so. What? what you're saying, in essence, is that apart from actually announcing that you're going to be good stewards of God's holy creation, you're not actually going to do anything about it. Well, you? Pastor, you know, God knows my heart. I think He knows it's in the right place. Uh, pastor Lemongrass, the servicemen hmm? tell me they need you to move your your suburban away from the service entrance and the handicapped entrance? Oh, I'm sorry. I'll get right on that. Hold on. You drive a Suburban? Oh, yes. And let me tell you, it's a good thing my congregants reimbursed me for the gas money. I'd hate to shell out for that personally around this time of year. <laughs> I'll be right back after this. to the program. This is Technical Difficulties for May 18th, 2006. You are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. I screwed up the opening. What can I tell you? I'm leaving it in anyway. As you hear this, Susan and I, my wife who does uncomfortable questions at uncomfortable-questions.com are on the road. That's right. We're in Northeast America, New England to be specific. Visiting some friends, taking in the sights, and we'll be doing some audio report back from the road that I'll probably put together, in, or we'll both put together into our own shows and incorporate into our video shows. So it might be a slightly truncated show this week, simply because normally I was supposed to do four episodes in a month, like I said, I've mentioned this before, and then I noticed that I've got a lot of things I need to do this month, and that there is a fifth, well, it's almost a fifth Thursday this month. Um, in this particular case, the first falls on a Thursday, and that's not going to leave me a whole lot of time. So I realized I was going to do four episodes and post one this week. And um, then I realized I actually should do a full-length episode later and post that one, um, you know, for the 1st of June. It's all very complicated, but nothing you need to worry yourself about. This is going to be a slightly truncated episode, um, as I said before. So I'm here to tell you what you can look forward to hearing from us when we come back from the road. Yes, Technical Difficulties is hitting the road, and here are some of the fabulous places we'll be visiting and the places you'll be getting sound-seeing tours back from. First stop, Aromatic Staten Island, New York. Mmm, smells like Elizabeth, New Jersey. Then it's on to scenic Connecticut, where we'll be spending time getting into the rich neighborhoods, finding the little racist statues of jockeys and knocking them off the rich people's lawns. Ew, they painted this one to look Caucasian. It's even creepier. Then it's on to Providence, Rhode Island, home of H.P. Lovecraft, and now the site of the incredible Cthulhu World Amusement Park. Hey, I got my hat with the tentacles all over it, and after that we're going to be going on the Great Innsmouth Diver, 400 feet straight down and no one's ever seen again. Then straight through to Massachusetts, where we'll be visiting the Kennedy Family Memorial Beer Garden. I'll have another Chappaquiddick sinker, please. Then it's on to Vermont, where we're going to learn how to milk trees and tap cows for syrup. 
And if you think I got that backwards, you've obviously never been on one of our road trips. And at last, on to Mighty Maine, where we'll learn how to handcraft live moose out of natural materials, just like they used to do in the early pioneer days. Yes, this and many other things I'm sure we're going to record, but we'll probably forget about it or sell the iRiver for beer money or to take care of any speeding tickets. So make sure to tune in all month and maybe you'll hear something about this. I don't know. Hello, Ted. How are you today? Well, I guess I'm all right. You seem rather down. Well, I went to see the doctor yesterday, and he told me that I'm clinically depressed. Oh, no. Yeah. That was too bad. And I told him I wanted a second opinion, so I went to see a clinic, and they told me I was doctorally depressed. Either way, it doesn't look good for me. Well, you know what they say, that which kills you only makes you stronger. I thought it was that which doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. Not if you're a vampire or a Jedi or something. And I happen to be neither of those things. No, you aren't, and you're really pathetic, so if you don't mind, I'm going to skedaddle before you harsh my buzz. Okay, thanks for nothing, you unfeeling bitch. Same to you and many more. You know, friendships like this deserve a wine that lets you blunt all the jaggedy edges as quickly as possible. The kind of wine that'll bring a smile to your lips and make you forget all the bad things. Well, if you find one, let us know, would you? We could use one ourselves. Hello, sir. Welcome to the piano bar. Can I get you something? Why, sure. I'd like a Steinway with a Bosendorfer chaser. Straight up or on the rocks? Oh, on the rocks, please. Hup. See? Steinway on the rocks. Get it? No, but let's get a drink anyway. Here on this beautiful main beach at the base of a tall cliff lie the shattered remains of over 300 priceless pianos. Every year, dozens of pianos are thrown off that cliff to the destruction below. No one knows why, but it seems to be a bit of a tradition in this part of the country. We wanted to know more, so we found a local folklorist by the name of Silas Frownystone, and we asked him if he knew anything about the origins of this practice. No, sorry, can't help you there. I'm as baffled as anyone. I've never heard of people doing such a thing. Well, we'd really like to get to the bottom of this mystery, Mr. Frownystone, but frankly, we're too lazy to go out and find out the facts for ourselves. Do you think you could just make something up for us? Uh, I could probably help you there. And now, for the first time on radio, the history of Shattered Piano Beach. Well, about 150 years ago, uh, there was a man who lived in these parts by the name of Robert Stinkbucket, a very, very infamous riverboat gambler. All right, sir, I bet $10. I will see your $10, sir, and I will raise you one riverboat. Can't you bet anything besides that? Riverboat! Such an infamously lucky gambler was he, it was once said that he bet his soul to Satan himself and won. Really, is that a true story? No, not really. I see. One day, though, his infamous luck finally ran out. It happened on a card game on this very beach. Pardon me, sir, but are you a Robert Stinkbucket? Sir, I think you have me confused with someone else. Possibly, although I could be confusing them with you. You got me there, sir. I am the man you speak of. Swine! You welched on a bet with my brother in Missouri during a card game. You owed him 500 riverboats. He died a broken man. Did something heavy fall on him, sir? No. Oh, he had no money. And for that, I challenge you to a duel for the honor of my family, for the honor of my... Oh, I get it now. Something heavy fell on him. I see. That's very good. That's a good pun. Well, I'm glad you liked it, sir, but I cannot accept your duel, for I am unarmed. In that case, swine, we shall play cards. And so they began their epic card duel. But before they could even cut the deck, a giant wave washed them out to sea, and they were swallowed by a big monster. The end. What about the pianos? Uh... 
And we commemorate that day by throwing a piano off a cliff every year. How was that? Terrible, but it did fill up the show a bit, so here's $10. Thank you much. And that was our New England field reporter, Seymour Heiney. And from the subject of American history, we move over to the subject of the arts. Uh, from Germany, we have uh, the founder, the leader, excuse me, of the Bertolt Brecht Society of uh, Dusseldorf, Germany. I'd like to welcome to the studio Hans Akraus America. Hello, it's very nice to be back. Yeah, it's nice to have you back, Hans. Now, I understand this is a traveling exhibit. It's a traveling uh, exhibit about uh, Bertolt Brecht. That, that's absolutely true. Uh, for those of you who don't know, in your country, he is a famous playwright uh, who, along with his, uh, Kurt, his uh, partner Kurt Wiel, did a number of very famous uh, musical plays, uh, including The Three Penny Opera, uh, Mother Courage, Mahogany, uh, and uh, uh, just to name a few. Yeah, yes, and I understand that you have a very, very big surprise for us Americans this year in the Brecht display. Uh, yeah, this this year we're going to have a very, very rare kinescope from American television. This is a treasure that you have that was uh, kind of buried for a while and then turned up in Germany, of uh, Bertolt Brecht's uh, pilot episode that he wrote of the American situation comedy Make Room for Daddy, starring Danny Thomas. Yeah, that, that is divan, yes. That is a new chapter in Brecht's career. I didn't think television was sort of the medium he would have worked in. Well, it was just before his death in 1956, and he needed the money very badly, and evidently Danny Thomas was a very, very large, big fan of, of, uh, of um, Brecht's plays and, and Brecht and Veal's plays. And um, so uh, he petitioned to get... Um, Brecht to write these, the screenplay for the uh, for the pilot episode, which he did, and it was in fact filmed. So this was a straight ahead adaptation then from yeah, from, uh, well, from Brecht. Then. Well, no, the, see, there there was supposed to be in the middle of the play. This is the reason he only did the script and never worked again. Was there was supposed to be a fifteen minute diatribe by Danny Thomas's character against the evils of fascism, and uh, Thomas thought that was just a little bit heavy handed, so he had it replaced with a spit take. The whole diatribe it was a 15-minute spit take. Yeah, 15 minutes. They had to come up with entirely new techniques for television to film a 15-minute spit take. It was a technically a brilliant achievement. And in many ways, the crowning moment of Danny Thomas's, um, uh, you know, physical comedy career. It sounds, sounds like it. It really does. It, it, it almost overshadows Brecht's own script and the relevance to this uh, museum. But uh, the actually, the, the spit take itself was so incredibly impressive that inspired uh, Luis Buñuel, the, the famous Spanish surrealist filmmaker, to get involved in television as well in America. Really? I, I had no idea Luis Buñuel had actually done TV in America. That, that must have been something else buried. Yeah, yes, it was. Uh, originally, he did the pilot episode of Three's Company with John Werther and Suzanne Somers. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, in that version, the three roommates were trapped in an apartment with only one door that was locked from the outside, and every once in a while, Mr. Roper would show up dressed in the skin of a viscerated emu, and um, hmm. Hmm. and the uh, the Regal Beagle was called the Andalusian Dog. Ah, yes, and, yes. Uh, there were lots of random close-ups of uh, over the course of the season under Brunwell's direction of a of a severed boar's head being slowly consumed by ants. Hmm, that sounds like the sort of television I would have tuned in for every week in the 70s, really. Yeah, me too. Unfortunately, it was never actually filmed after Ingmar Bergman's uh, pilot episode of Eight, in, Eight is Enough went so horribly over budget and um, was considered too morose by the critics. So they decided to go back to more conventional areas of television. Well, thank you, Hans. We'll be right back after this message. The inner city is no place for a child to spend the summer. That's why Summer Camps for Christ would like you to sponsor a child for this year's summer camp season. They'll get out where many of them will see the wonders of nature for the very first time. 
and then out there, out of your hair and isolated from the rest of society, we can convert them to our cause. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to say that part, was I? Not out loud. Ow. Ow. What? Ow. Oh, ow. Ow. Oh, ow. Oh, God has made stupidity painful. Ah! What? This could be the end of civilization as we know it. It was indeed the end of civilization as they knew it. God had made stupidity painful. All across the land, people developed splitting migraines. Politicians, filmmakers, and pop culture majors' heads started exploding. The human race had to face a turning point. Ladies and gentlemen, I represent all of the scientists of the world. We have come to a conclusion now that God has made stupidity painful, nay, lethal. We must either, as a species, stop being stupid or face extinction. The choice is yours. Commander? Mm. Commander? Yes? The ship is almost ready for takeoff. Helmepo, what do you think happened to the civilization? I don't know. It seems as if they died of something they couldn't give up. Ah, the heavy-handed irony. And thus we commemorate the end of the world every year by throwing a piano off the cliff. Was that better? I hate you, and I wish I'd never met you. That's what my wife always says. Well, that brings us to the ending of this show, which I'm, of course, recording in advance, way in advance, for uh, for the 18th of May, 2006. And this has been Technical Difficulties. I'm your host, once again, Kyan Chris Conroy. And uh, as, you, uh, as you listen to this, I will be winding down my trip to the Northeast by car, by motor car. So um, if you send me any mail, I won't read it probably until Monday. And I highly, uh, highly encourage you to send me some mail, send me comments on the show. Uh, you can uh, do that by sending it to techdiff, T-E-K-D-I-F-F, at gmail.com, or at cayenne at tcinternet.net, or techdiff at tcinternet.net. You can also check out cayennechrisconroy.com if you want to check out the new website, which unfortunately has gotten a little bit stalled, but there'll be new things appearing there all the time. And uh, there might be some updates from the road there, too, after, uh, you know, if you check there once in a while. Uh, also, check out, tech, check out techdiff.com. That's the blog site for the show, although I don't blog there. I just post the show. There's some interesting links and uh, my PayPal donation page if anybody wants to donate money to the show. I'm still saving up for a new computer if I ever see one. And if you know anybody out there who needs a voiceover actor, send them over to cayennechrisconroy.com and they can hire me. My phone number is there. And uh, like that. So, as I said, I will be off. Uh, oh, check out channelsurfingwipeout.com or uncomfortable-questions.com to check out my wife and I's video podcast and her interview podcast, respectively. And uh, as I said, I'll be off to the East Coast for a while, visit my family, take a little trip, visit some friends up in the Northeast, and come on back. And I'm looking forward to that, although it looks like it's going to be a fairly wet trip, rainy-wise, I mean. And I'll be back again for a program on the 25th of May. 
and of course that'll be all new material. I think I'm going to have to do a new cop beat. I think I've committed myself to doing copy once a month, so it looks like copy part two will be that week. Though don't bet on that, because I, I can change my mind at any time. I don't get paid to do this, so no money, no rules. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, please send me, uh, me send me mail, send me comments, send me anything you want to send me. Just uh, be my guest. And I will talk to you all next week, maybe with some information from the road. Take care. Bye. So, do you have children, or are you just a child at heart? In which case, Saturday Story Circle might be a good place to kickstart your weekend. Because we have the very best of family-friendly audio, which is all rated G for great. Join us on the main Mutual Audio Network feed, or you can find us at the Saturday Story Circle wherever you get your podcasts. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.